Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. And I have nothing funny to say other than that Disney wasted $250 million on that movie. Which one? The, the one we're doing in our episode. Oh, yeah. They've wasted a lot of money on a lot of movies, but... That, chief among their fa- most uh, egregious failures. Yeah. How are you, friend? Oh, I'm not too bad. Uh, nothing, nothing major going on. I was uh, uh, yesterday. I was helping my brother-in-law out. They're putting an addition on their home, mm-hmm. and uh, like our uncle is doing it. Like our our wife's uncle, I guess. And um. Like he's he's running the show and it's like like he knows what he's doing, but sure. it's also a clusterfuck. Sure. Um so I don't know, I was I was I was trying to talk him off of the ledge of just like jumping into traffic, I guess. Um and then after I did that for the day I, uh, I guess his wife got called and said that like one of her coworkers just uh, tested positive for coronavirus after she decided to come to work sick. Oh, good. So, hooray! So, so is that what prompted your whole "stay the fuck home" thing? Yeah, I'm. I'm giving out useful life advice on Twitter. I'm just telling everybody to stay the fuck home. Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to stay home as much as possible and only only socialize with like the same small group of people, but like like I I still have to work too and like they still have to work too and like if one of us goes out in the world and gets it, we're going to be spreading it to each other. Yeah. So but I don't know, just trying to fucking sanitize everything and wash my hands constantly and not be within people's breathing space. Makes sense. Entirely. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think... Well, the the number one problem with this whole thing is that I can't get new glasses. Like, I, I need an eye appointment to even do an eye test in the first place. Uh, my glasses are breaking, and I need new glasses. And uh, unfortunately, no one's open for this to happen. So I'm stuck with this breaking pair of glasses, which apparently is now hurting my head so bad that I have to nap for several hours in order to not feel like garbage. Yeah. 
Maybe... Maybe that's what's going on with my wife. Maybe she needs new glasses. She sleeps a lot. I, I worry that she's dying all the time. I don't know. I, I assume she's out of, like, her, her job stopped doing stuff? No. You oh. would think so, but no. Oh, well, I mean. I forget where you live, and then I remember that everyone just thinks the government's lying to them, despite the fact that they voted for this government. Well. Not you. I'm just saying the people in your area. Yeah. Well, it's it's the Democrats, you see. I mean, of course it is. Because they're, they're so powerful that, you know, they they control the media, even though they lost They don't have the presidency. The election. They yeah. don't have the Senate. You know, but they're so powerful, Caleb. Too powerful, some might say. Well, uh, speaking of being too powerful, let's go into what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! What what powerful beverage are you swilling this evening? Alright, so I tried to have a powerful beverage for my powerful headache, and uh, all it wound up doing is made it worse. Uh, so I had a gin and tonic. Or no, a vodka tonic, that was it. Uh, I had, which I had half of around noon, uh, which... No, it was noon 30. Uh, which incidentally was 25 minutes into coffee and cream for, uh, for no particular reason. And, uh, uh, yeah, my, my life just got worse from that moment on. So I took a nap and I'm not drinking right now, but that's, that's the only alcohol I had today. Okay. Uh, well, I am drinking a Jack Daniels Lynchburg lemonade. This falls under the category of drinks that, like, people that I know would colloquially call bitch beer. Sure. Because um, it's basically grown-up Kool-Aid. Uh, I don't know. Like, we have a bunch of this. Um, one of Vanessa's co-workers, which, again, somebody that she's around every day, so if she gets the coronavirus, I'm going to have it too. So it was fine to hang out, probably, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, she just broke up with her boyfriend, or rather her boyfriend broke up with her, so like, um, she came over to pout about it, I guess, and, uh, we had, we had some of this, and she got white girl wasted off of it, um, which is ironic because she's Indian, um, it's, uh, yeah. <sighs> Super sweet and gross, and I don't know why anybody would want to drink this. It's a great question. So, did did she break up with her boyfriend because of quarantine time, or was this, like, something else? Like, no, just irreconcilable differences. Because, you know, but, uh, there, there was a video going around of uh, someone saying to Trump, Hey, you know, since quarantine's happened, uh, domestic violence situations have gone up. And Trump misheard this man and thought he said Mexican violence, but then when he when the, the man who asked him the question said no, I said domestic violence. Trump got very sad. Uh, it, it's very funny until you remember the context of saying domestic violence has gone up because of quarantine. Yeah, that's horrible. I bring that up only because it seems like we're going to get more of the oh I can't fucking stand you because of quarantine. 
stuff. Like people are spending more time than they ever thought they would be with their spouse. And yeah. it's fucking them up. Well, I don't know. Like whenever things first started, there was the meme going around where it's like the guy rubbing his hands together and like uh like biting his tongue like Yeah, yeah. I know in I'm anticipation and it says like uh lawyers like divorce lawyers uh looking forward to people being quarantined with their spouse for weeks for several weeks so yeah i mean someone's going to profit off this i i'm sure there's going to be an industry where all of a sudden somebody profits off of this this whole scenario uh outside of like big pharmaceutical and it it looks like lawyers are, are syncing up that way uh real estate lining up that way too considering that people are going to need new apartments or and such houses are going to get sold so yeah. I, well, I don't know about that cuz uh like people aren't going to be working and afford to pay their rent. Yeah. And I just saw the other day too um I don't know how it is down there, but I think in Pennsylvania the governor said that uh until everything's resolved like uh all evictions, foreclosures and utility shutoffs are uh done away with until then. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know how it is down here. I'm, honestly, I don't, I'm not too in tune with the news down here. I'm more in tune with Pittsburgh news still. But uh, I, I do know that my student loan payments have been suspended until at least uh, j- September oh, yeah. 30th. Uh, Who are your student loans through? I have three through Fed loan, three through AES, and one through Naviant. Uh, okay. Which I'm sure that one through Naviant actually isn't going to get uh, suspended at any point in time. So, uh, my other loans by more reputable companies are are going to be suspended, which like, I don't need them to, but that's nice. Nice. I just went to the Navient, uh, page and it says, as part of the new federal legislation passed on Friday, March 27th, 2020, we're working to suspend payments on all U.S. Department of Education loans by 4-10-2020. Okay. And the suspension will be in place until 9-30-2020. That makes so, sense. So sweet. I uh got all my loans paid up to date and uh now I don't have to pay them for a while. Yeah, that's nice. Five months of, course, of, no, of no payments. Is it um are they just like suspending payments or are they going to suspend payments and interest? Ooh, I think I think that was also included, like, suspended interest as long as you're suspending payments. Like, you can go through and you can say, okay. no, I want to keep paying, but right. I'm not going to do, like, I can pay on my credit card, like, an additional sum of money a month. Uh, that'd be $500 yeah, like if, a month. If if my payments are suspended, but I'm it's still accruing interest, you're not, yeah, you're not it, like, you're helping me a little, but you're not really helping me. You're just you're just kicking the fucking can down the road. Hoop and stick. All right. Uh, why don't we stop talking about some coronavirus and talk about how coronavirus is is affecting streaming and some news. Oh shit! It's mail time. Well, uh, streaming time has more than doubled compared to this week last year. A uh, hundred and twenty-five billion minutes watched. Um. And the top thing streamed in the last week, or uh, actually, no, I, I misread that because I was reading the link 
while I waited for the for the actual thing to open. Uh, Spencer Confidential topped streaming with 1.25 billion minutes streamed. Oh, that's that's right. And the uh, total amount streamed uh, from from March 16th to March 22nd is when this article pertains to. Uh, 156.1 billion minutes were streamed. I'm sorry, on... repeat, repeat that again? 156.1 billion minutes of streaming content were viewed during that week. And Spencer Confidential, oh, one, with 1. 1.2, okay. Yeah, Spencer Confidential was 1.25 billion minutes oh, of oh, the 100... 156.1 billion minutes. Okay, I, I saw, for, I missed the decimal place in the link, and I was just like, wait a minute, what? How is Spencer Confidential that, wait, what? <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, that's a big number, I guess. I don't know if people really like this that much, or if it's just that, like, we reviewed it, so everybody's breaking down to fucking watch it. I mean, that's clearly it. We're, we're, <laughs> we're the most influential. It, it's not, or, it's not that there's nothing else to watch, so. Yeah, fuck or it, like, here. like we'll discuss with this week's topic that, like, there's just nothing the fuck else to do. Well, I mean, like, my, I'm catching up massively on my gaming backlog. Like, I just beat Control, uh, which I bought earlier this week. So, like, there, there's that. And, and I'm going to go through other games, too. Like, I started Neo, uh, N-I-O-H. So, like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I do during my work days. Is, like, plug away at a game for a little bit. Uh, you know, do some work when I need to. And then, you know. Uh, as we'll talk about, I watched a couple things during the week, yeah. but like, you know, mainly I'm focusing on video games because very rarely have I played video games recently. And I'm on like that upswing of like, I want to play video games again. Let's, let's play them. I started playing a game on the switch called Shinsekai into the depths. Um, it's a Metroidvania style game mm. where you play as the last surviving human after like a global flood. And, like, you're exploring deeper and deeper into the ocean and, like, upgrading your suit as you go so you can dive deeper and stuff. Um, I just found a submarine and get to drive around in that, so that's pretty cool. It's fun. It's a neat game. I I don't know. I, I bought it because I got really into Subnautica there for a while, and I, I wanted to keep that kind of vibe going. It's good. It's a good game. I saw this. This is tangentially related to Netflix, I guess, but... That's good uh, enough for this show. Yeah. HBO decided to stream over 500 hours of content for free. Uh, this is a goodwill gesture that they're doing for people affected by the COVID-19 quarantine. So, um, get you some Westworld... Uh, get you some Game of Thrones... Get you some Last Week Tonight with John Oliver... I don't know, he posts his episodes to YouTube, or, like, parts of his episodes to YouTube, so. Yeah, the main the main topics, yeah. Yeah. But you got, like, The Wire, Sopranos, other stuff. I didn't really look too Watchmen. hard at the list. Ooh, yeah, Watchmen. So, like, yeah, uh, will Netflix follow suit? I guess that's the follow-up question to this, and I say, <gasps> no. P millions of people, Let like, me... hundreds of millions of people are already watching Netflix as it is. They don't need to offer free content. 
Let me see. I don't know if all of those shows are included in this, but um, the headline uh, specifically calls out that they're streaming full seasons of Veep, uh, The Sopranos, and Silicon Valley for free. Oh, here it is. All right, so it's Ballers, Barry, Silicon Valley, Six Feet Under, The Sopranos, Succession, True Blood, Veep, and The Wire. Oh, nice. And then just like a bunch of Warner Brothers movies. Bunch of docuseries. Uh, the most important one of the Warner Brothers movies is, uh, of course, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Mmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at every day. Sucker Punch. Yeah. Who was and, that? Uh, fuck. I watched Sucker Punch on there. Um, you remember when I watched Shane Black's The Predator? Yes. And thought that it was the worst fucking thing that ever happened? Well, like... A couple nights later, I was like, "I want to, I want to try to find a worse movie as a palate cleanse for that." So I watched Sucker Punch, and it almost got there. <laughs> uh, well, that reminds me, we watched uh, Alien Private Eye in full on v- on YouTube uh, with <laughs> VHS tracking and all. What the fuck is that? The fuck is Alien Private Eye? It was something Red Letter Media covered. So I was like, "Oh." It's on fucking YouTube in in like a full video rip from a VHS player. That's this is, amazing. This is great. I'm gonna watch this, uh, and we laughed pretty much the whole time. Is is it a private detective trying to track down aliens, nope. or is it an alien who is a private detective? Uh, it is an alien who's a private detective. His name is Lemro. He comes from the planet Six or Sticks, you know, like the band or, huh. or Stir or something. I don't know what the fucking planet's called. Oh. All that matters so is- So it's basically Howard the Duck. He's trying to find uh, 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 the other half of this black disc that uh, could potentially end the world as we know it. Wait, he has one half? Uh, he runs into, he saves a woman from being mugged, uh, and these guys are trying to mug her because she has the black, black disc. So he beats them okay. up using, uh, karate moves. And then he, he, he comes to gain the other half of the disc. It's, uh. So wait, is he trying to end the world? No, he, he's trying to save the world by finding this and like giving it to the proper well, space cops. But like, he's trying to bring the two halves of the disc together. Yes. Why doesn't he just take the half that he has and, like, fling it into the sun? Uh, somehow, for some reason, he doesn't have a spaceship. I don't know, Caleb, this movie was made in, like, 1989. Uh, and they clearly didn't have the the, did- the proper budget to do anything. Why didn't he just give the half that he had to the space cops? I don't know. I Look, Caleb, just watch the fucking movie. It's, it's, a, it's a delight. <laughs> Uh, Tiger King's getting another episode, according to Jeff Lowe. Yeah, uh, apparently Jeff Lowe was on someone's, like, podcast and was basically like, hey, I I was filming something with the crew from Tiger King for another episode this week. And everyone went, oh, we're getting a new episode this week. Uh Uh-uh, not so fast. We might be. He was filming it this week. But he's filming it this week, which means it still needs edited and, like, uploaded and all cut together. With, like, everything. It's like, there's things that are going on here that still need done. I would expect it before yeah. the end of April, but I wouldn't go so far as to say, oh, we're getting it, like, tomorrow. Now, of course, I could be totally wrong and we're going to get it tomorrow. But who, who fucking knows? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cool in the uh, in the wake of the show, I guess. They've reopened the investigation into 
Carol Baskin's husband's disappearance. Did you uh, see? So they're finally they're finally gonna check under the fucking septic tank. Did you see that OJ commented on that thing? And he was like, "Yeah, no, this bitch killed killed her husband." And it's like, "Gee, <laughs> if there's if there's one subject that I want to know OJ Simpson's opinion on, it's this one." And I'm not yeah, and I'm not even he, being he's facetious. kind of a he's kind of kind of an expert in the area, like. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't need to hear from O.J. Simpson about anything. It's just like high-profile potential murders. Does O.J. think this person killed them? It's that's that's all he should. That's what his show. He should get a Netflix show. Uh, uh, Netflix. If you if you pick this up, you have to credit me in the in the fucking credits. I want a show where O.J. goes around and like interviews high-profile uh, suspected murderers about whether or not they did it. I want them to make. Uh, a spinoff of the Ace Attorney games where you play as O.J. Simpson, prosecution attorney. Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran was a defense attorney. Oh, prosecution tro- attorney. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. you you pl- you do play as the juice, but um... in this in this timeline, he is a prosecution attorney. Oh wow! That, oh, and he's okay. just like, oh, th- this bitch killed her husband, and everybody's like, well, that's it. You've convinced OJ. <laughs> no, she's just flexing her hands so that the glove doesn't fit. Oh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm. I'm legit. I'm back to looking at this Warner Brothers movie list. The movie list is so fucking pathetic. It's like insanely pathetic. Uh huh. Like you're you're watching this for any of the series. Like Barry Corey sings its praises of uh, the Sopranos, Veep. And the wire, like those are basically it. I'm sure, like the other seasons, the shows are fine, but like, I'm not watching any of those movies. Like, fuck that. But whatever, uh, free content's free content. Everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, thanks HBO for helping us during the COVID nineteen crisis." Netflix, what are you doing? Uh, which is nothing. They're taking your money. They're fine. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them put out something else for free. No, like uh. One of the longest shows, like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, House of Cards, like shows that are done. Like if they just went like, okay, here are some of our most popular shows. Let's put them out for free for people who, uh, you know, aren't paying customers for whatever reason. And you just go, take it. Leave us alone. Here's here's an Adam Sandler movie. Fuck off. I'm sorry. I moved this uh, back back a topic. Uh, Let's move forward a topic. We're talking about how Disney moves all their Disney, or their, uh, yeah, Disney moves all of their Disney movies back. And there we go. That's a sentence. Good job, Dan. Uh, to, uh, at least July 24th, uh, which is when the new planned release date of Mulan is. Uh, this, of course, is tentative based off the fact that who knows when the fuck COVID 19 crisis will end. Yeah. I can't wait to see that fucking movie, though. It's, it looks so good. The people that are complaining that it's not exactly like the, the fucking are are idiots. Well, I'm not gonna go so far as to say idiots, but I I know some of them are complaining that uh, have complained in the past about how Disney needs to stop remi- directly remaking movies, uh, like their animated movies, like Lion King and, Ala- and Aladdin shouldn't be like direct remakes with like garbage sh- shit in the middle. Yeah. Disney just went here. We're gonna stick close to the Chinese story, and everyone's like, not my not my Mulan and shit. I'm like, oh, fuck off. 
Everybody knew exactly what The Lion King was going to be as soon as the trailer came hey, out. Everybody. Why do you think I didn't go? Yeah. You know what? Since uh, Vanessa and I have been leeching off of your girlfriend's Disney Plus account, um, she watched the Aladdin remake, and I watched, you know, bits and pieces. Not too bad. No, it's not terrible. It's not great. Like, they, they at least tried something. Yeah. They tried to make a different movie. Yeah. I don't know. The only the only one that I went to see was the Beauty and the Beast one, which was fine. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those, actually. Because um, I was just like, I, I've seen these. Uh, these are on VHS at home. The real the real kick in the balls with uh all the movie dates being pushed back is that uh Thor four isn't until February of twenty twenty two now. Yeah. Uh which is the which is the one thing kinda on the horizon that I kinda give a shit about. And I'll watch Doctor Strange too. If I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I heard they're moving away from the horror aspect of it, which uh is gonna be bad. Uh, and gonna make it gross. far less unique. But yeah, so Netflix basically has three months of uninterrupted content uh, yes. in order to uh, invade your homes. Uh, and Capitalize on it. And and so far, uh, the number one thing in the world has been Tiger King, which happened during COVID-19. So keep it up, Netflix. Introduce some shit. You know, bring back the OA season three. I don't know. Don't actually do that. That would go. That would undermine my whole problem. <laughs> What if because of COVID, like, Tiger King just stays number one for, like, the rest of the year? It's been number one since its release, which is incredible. Yeah. Like, what if because of all of this, Bad Boys for Life ends up being the top grossing movie of 2020? I mean, everyone's been joking about, like, how the Oscars are basically, like, between Onward, The Hunt, other stuff, and like, all right, we got to figure out who who's the best performance because like no one's been able to release anything in theaters. Like Netflix can't even get yeah. the, get the theaters. <laughs> Although I'm sure what they're gonna do is they're gonna use their one of their theaters they bought, and they're gonna screen a movie there with no like they're gonna they're just gonna send one kid, and it's like, look, kid, you're sending you're putting this movie out there. We that way we've screened it in where we need to screen it, and now we're legit with this. So, I wouldn't be surprised if if something stupid like that happens if this goes long enough. Because, like, not that I care, but, like, I want to see how the Oscars actually shapes out this year. Like, I, I want to know if they, like, postpone it or something. Like, what is it, what's going to happen with the Oscars of 2021 when the category is basically like, all right, uh, I guess we're, we, we have to pick between, like, Invisible Man and like uh what else came out? What else is something stupid that came out? I don't know. Uh I can't. Blumhouse's Fantasy Island. There we go. Invisible Man versus uh Fantasy Island for best <laughs> picture. Like there's no like it's it's clearly Invisible Man. I think Invisible Man's best picture, but uh that's just me. It's just my opinion. Sorry, we got on a, a weird little tangent there. Uh but so Netflix, do What's do your this thing. What's this wee shit? You got a mouse in your pocket. Yes. Uh, the suspense is killing me. Let's talk about trailers in downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! For, I think, the first time ever, 
I put a trailer on the list. This is correct. Uh, it is for High Score Girl Season 2. Um, this is something that I watched uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on the show too much, but I did a written review of it on the website. Um, it came out around the same time that, like, the second of the animated Godzilla trilogy movies came out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh... It's like a tween relationship melodrama anime in, like... The context of like arcade culture in the eighties in Japan. I don't know. It's kind of cute. It's it's weirdly specific. Yeah. But uh, I'll I'll watch the second season of this. I suppose. Okay. Did you watch the trailer? And what did you think? Uh, it looks like an anime. I think the most interesting thing about it is its art style. Like no other anime looks like this. At least that I've seen. Yeah. The. Uh... Uh, that's kind of what drew me to it. And then, like, they'll just fucking do uh, cutaways to, like, clips from Street Fighter. Yeah. So, like, they'll they'll be like, oh, why doesn't so-and-so love me? And then it just does, like, a fucking jump cut to Guile fucking flash-kicking Akuma in the face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is the show like that? Like, or was that just, like, the editing of the trailer? Uh, I don't know, like, they do have, like, dramatic melodrama scenes at the actual arcade, mm. but, I don't know, it's, um, like, the the main character has a very nice girlfriend who loves and appreciates him, but he can't get over the girl that she met, that, like, he met in the arcade, who beat his ass at Street Fighter, even though he was a, a hardcore pro elite gamer. Well, I mean, she's a so, girl, so, like, yeah. of course. Yeah, and girls don't play video games, so any girl that plays video games must be inherently interesting. She's cultured. She likes weeb <laughs> shit. All right. Uh, our next trailer is for Love Wedding Repeat. This is a movie that, for some reason, has this title. Yeah. It's got the wife from... Uh, living with yourself in it, mm-hmm. uh, and Olivia Munn's in it, so automatic pass. Pretty on much that for me. Uh, this this looks like a oh uh, look, crazy things are happening at our wedding. So like, if you like shock comedy, uh, this this is probably the the movie for you. Uh, I can tell you, this yeah. trailer put me off entirely, so I have no interest in wanting to see it. Which oh, of course I forgot means... to do my joke that oh, I was going to do whenever we. Whenever we introduce this, the concept of this trailer. Go ahead. Um, Love Wedding Repeat is a r- romantic comedy. Yeah, movie. No, is it an ironic movie? <laughs> I mean, it's uh... why is doom in quotes? Is it an ironic doom? Is the wink implied? I saw someone put something in quotes, and I'm like. What, why did you put that in quotes? And I put it down beneath it. Uh, what is that an ironic whatever you put in quotes? And no one got it. So Frisky <laughs> Dingo has been all but forgotten, except for the people that we know. 
I mean, yeah, this looks like uh, garbage. And I can't wait to not watch it and then actually watch it because I'll be bored one day. Yeah. Uh, our next trailer is for LA Originals. This is a documentary about uh, two... Oh God! I don't even uh, Latino uh, Latino men who uh, uh, like innovated street art culture in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, is this a documentary series or is this one thing? One thing. Okay. Um, because I couldn't tell if they were talking about one guy for the whole trailer or like a whole bunch of stuff. Because it's like, oh, here's some stuff about like. Lowrider culture and tattoo culture and hip hop culture, but I guess like there was, uh, it's all about just this one dude who was kind of at the the center of, uh, like a cultural renaissance. Yeah. In in L.A. Uh, I remember seeing something that looks a lot like this in Blink One Eighty Two's music video for Down, uh, which was a lot of. You know, street racing in in the L.A. River bed thing, uh, tattoos, uh, hip hop culture, that kind of stuff. It was a weird thing to see in a Blink One Eighty Two music video, specifically because of what Blink One Eighty Two plays. I, I never expected you know this to inf- infiltrate that music video, but uh, there it went. Uh, so so now seeing it on like a grander scale, it's like oh, this has me intrigued. Plus Snoop Dogg's in it. Yeah. All right, our final story is for The Innocence Files. This is a docuseries basically highlighting uh, The Innocence Project and their work to help uh, eight men who were wrongly convicted to be released from prison. It's been kind of a slew of this sort of thing on Netflix lately. Um, I'm not upset about it. No. Justice system sucks. People are wrongly convicted, so get them out. Yeah. And get Carol Baskin in. Get Carol Baskin in. You can do it, Netflix. I believe in you. Yeah. I love the way Carol Baskin's new husband is devoted to her as if his life depends on it. (laughs) Uh... Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, hey, that'll move us over to Quick Hits, and where, where we can talk about some stuff we watched this week. <laughs> Alright, uh, Quick Hits. This is not a thing that's on Netflix, um, but uh, since Colby told me, I watched Onward, uh, the new Disney movie, which the theatrical run got fucking murdered. By the coronavirus, yes. so uh, it's already on Disney Plus. Um, this is pretty good. It's it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's kind of, I guess, aside from being like a feel good family movie uh, and animated, like in a weird way, this is kind of like what Bright could have been, because it's just a modern society, but everybody's like elves and like pixies and minotaurs and shit Mm -hmm. um so like magic still exists but uh since technology can pretty much do the things that magic did and it's a lot easier 
that everybody just does that. Um, so it's about two brothers uh, in a van, literally. Uh, the brothers do have a van and go on a journey. Um, so this this isn't a Rick and Morty meme, uh, except for when it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're like the younger brother never met their dad and the older brother only has like a few different memories of him uh because when they were very young slash in utero um their dad got sick and ended up dying huh so there is a uh like a package in the attic that the mom had from the dad that was just like hey whenever both the kids are over 16 give him this uh and it turns out to be a wizard staff with a spell in it to uh, bring him back for one day so that he can see the kind of men that they turned into um and of course like as you've seen in the trailer uh it kind of works it brings back his legs so he's just legs walking around uh so they have to go and find uh, this gem, which was a component for the spell, and like finish it so they can see their dad before the day ends, since it's only for one day. Um, sure. And uh, that's kind of your premise. And I won't go too far into spoilers because, like, I I do feel like this movie is best to be experienced uh, on its own. Uh the older brother who is played by Chris Pratt is into basically what this world's version of Dungeons and Dragons is, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But uh, since this is like a fantasy world to begin with, um, all of it's based on historic fact. So whenever the younger brother is like learning how to do magic and stuff, the uh, older brother's like, oh, you have to shout this incantation for the spell and like, these are the spell components and shit. So he's teaching his brother to do real magic out of a fucking uh, D&D source book. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. It's neat. It's a neat little movie. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's not as good as Moana. It's probably on par with like Coco or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a step below. Like, I still think Wally is like, the masterpiece of Pixar. Sure. At least like the early part of Wally. So, yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Um I don't know. I'd give it like a 4, I guess. Okay. What did you watch? All right, uh the first thing I watched was uh 4 minutes of an anime thing on Netflix. Uh this is called Saul Levante. Uh it's basically like a tech demo slash proof of concept. Uh, it's a, a 4K HDR hand-drawn anime thing. Hmm. Uh, hand-drawn on iPads, but still, uh, hand-drawn. Like, you, you, they, I don't know why Netflix does this. Like, what, like, just put this shit on your fucking platform as opposed to your YouTube channel. But on their YouTube channel, they have, like, a, a behind-the-scenes thing about, like, the producers and the animators, like, drawing it. And, you know, like, you see them on tab, but it's, like, you know, sketching it. Uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, needless to say, it is gorgeous. Uh, I would kill to see something like this uh, expanded into like a series. 
but the the main thing the the behind the scenes which i think is arguably more fascinating than the uh the 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 short itself is how like the like the lead animator is like so no one fucking uses tablets when it comes to hand drawing anime like now it's just computer renderings and shit like we shit on it all the time but like the new ghost in the shell thing which i think might be out as we speak but i don't know cuz i don't care like that looks like a video game and i don't need a video game in my in my in my movies i just want to watch like the movie like try or something and this is trying so he's like yeah but no one uses tablets so like no one hand draws anything anymore so it's all computer animation so he here's hoping that this actually like leads to something to where like maybe it's not like 4k ultra hd all this shit like beautiful like gorgeous but like hand drawn again as opposed to the the comical renderings that some people think are okay all right uh and then i watched what julio's been waiting for all week blade runner the final cut oh the usain bolt documentary or no nope not even a little bit which one michael was, pistorius which one was the blade runner oh pistorius yeah that's the one man i fucked up yeah good joke uh, so this is that Ridley Scott movie with Harrison Ford that uh, it became a cult classic for some reason. Uh, you couldn't tell me why you, it, people found it interesting because I think it is extraordinarily boring. Yeah, so did people in theaters whenever this came out. I, I, I don't get the hype behind this. Uh, Harrison Ford and his love interest have exactly zero chemistry. In fact, it's basically like implied and maybe not even so implied as to explicit like rapiness between them and how they originally get together so there's that uh i have no idea what rutger howard's motivations are for the entire run length of the movie uh, like they were they were made no clear like it's just like he shows up all right i want to go see my creator all right my creator can't extend my lifespan F fuck me i guess it's like what who what are you doing what, like who Ridley Scott fucked with this movie so much, and he, and like this is the the cut that everyone says is the best cut, and like the matte paintings are nice, like this the the look and feel of it is nice, but like watching it and experiencing it as a movie, it's just so boring. I I I could not be bothered, despite the fact that it was slightly less than two hours. So, uh, there's that. Fuck Blade Runner. It's 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 not good. Uh, and then the final thing I watched was the first two episodes of season two of Altered Carbon. Uh, this is the season with Anthony Mackie. Uh, I will say the first episode got me recharged into like being like, oh, okay, yeah, I really want to watch this show. And then the episode two happened. And I was like, oh, this is what they do. They they get you hooked with the first episode and then like kind of string you along with like a dangling piece of cheese at the end of every episode to keep watching. And then it will end out with a, with an awesome ending. Uh, so needless to say, I, I haven't gone back to it and I don't think I will because, uh, I, I don't care. I, I basically read the spoilers for the season and, uh, it's interesting the, the direction they're going, but I don't care, which is basically how I, how I felt about Altered Carbon season one. I don't care. Yeah, that, that sounds exactly like how I felt about season one. Uh, the first two episodes I was really into. The third one lost me completely, and then I just didn't care about watching it anymore. Yep. So, uh, what's interesting is this is eight episodes. Like, this season's eight episodes. So, like, 
they they recognize the need to condense the story a bit because the first season was 10 episodes. So like they're trying to condense the story, but it's also like you could probably condense this even more like six episodes. Like, like there, there's just a bunch of superfluous garbage that I don't care about. Like, yeah, I care about Poe. Like I, I care about him. Like, but then there's like this subplot of like the governor's daughter who suddenly became the governor of the planet because her, his, her father disappeared. And it's like, all right, this is a subplot that I don't care about. Uh, why are you showing me this? Like, I, I want to see Kovach's story. Stick with that. Like, it's interesting enough. But instead, it's just like, ah, we got to fucking flip between subplots for no fucking reason. Like, and there's already a decent enough subplot with Poe still existing after the end of season one. Uh, apparently, he's corrupted and shit. So, like, he forgets things in the short term. So, like, he has short-term memory problems. So, like, hmm. that's in, that's an interesting thing. Focus on Kovach and Poe and move on. Like, fuck all these additional characters. Like, Simone Missick is in this uh, fucking show uh, who played um, Misty Knight in Luke Cage. And I'm like, oh, I love her. She's great. But even her, I'm like, I don't care about her character. Just go. Just Just tell this story. Like, get it over with. So, yeah. Uh, don't plan on getting back to Altered Carbon really ever again, actually, after this. You mean you're not going to watch the animated movie? Oh, God, no. That that <laughs> thing looks like a fucking... That thing, A, it, it's pro- it probably... Well, I mean, like, I'm not going to watch it, but I'd be interested in seeing a movie version of these because at least a movie version would take two hours and tell the whole story in the whole thing. As opposed to, you know, stringing out over 10 or 8 hours and, you know, feeling like there's no real reason for this to exist in in this kind of form. Like, this is one of those books that I think would actually benefit from being movies as opposed to a series. Like, most most books probably could be a series. No, not this one. All right. Well, uh, why don't we hop into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into our main review topic of the week, Coffee and Kareem. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to talk about our main review topic for the week, Coffee and Kareem. All right. Coffee and Kareem is a new action comedy film from Netflix. Directed by Michael Dowles, written by Shane Mack, and stars Ed Helms, Taraji P. Henson, and Terrence Little Garden High. Uh, This is currently sitting at a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. The number three most thing watched currently and on U.S. Netflix and clocks in at a merciful 88 minutes. 
So, Dan, give me a hot take. What did you think of coffee and Kareem? Coffee and Kareem? More like, I want to careen my car off the road after watching this movie. Yeah. Uh, they really wanted the title to be Coffee and Kareem. I, like, I feel like they started there and wrote the movie backwards from that. Sure. Uh, so it's like, oh, fuck it, Ed Holmes has a mustache and he's an action cop named Coffee. Yeah. Um, this, this is how low the coronavirus has brought America that we're all fucking watching, uh, an Ed Helms led fucking cop movie. Yeah. Like, it's not even us. Like, the, the top two things on Netflix right now are uh, Tiger King and Ozark, season three. We ne we never got back to Ozark after season one, so there's that. But, like, fuck, bud. Uh, Jesus Christ. Why? Like, what? I feel like whoever wrote this movie, which is Shane something, Shane Mack. Yeah. Uh, first of all, is he is he a white guy? Oh boy. Oh yowza, bud. Oh he is? Uh, okay. Uh no, I I have no idea. It's just that is a question there. Um no, it doesn't have a picture of him on IMDb. Cuz I feel like Oh no, there's, a par there's you, apparently you, a So you feel like only white people could write black people this bad? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like like <laughs> Okay. That that's why I'm asking because like Kareem is like obnoxious to like like over the top caricature obnoxious teen boy. He's like if you mixed like the kid from Role Models Ronnie with like T Pain or I don't know, not even T Pain like more. Like he he wants to be a fucking gangster. Like Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson, this kid. Yeah. Uh, so I, I looked it up on IMDb. This guy uh, has only four writing credits. Uh, this is his first one since 2013, and his other three writing credits are for short movies. Okay. Getting into the big time and directly out of it. No, I I can't find him. My my point my point here is it's like this feels like a white guy tried to be write like a woke ish comedy, uh, but ultimately wound up writing ninety minutes of rape jokes. Like this this feels yeah. like a vehicle to just write rape rape jokes. Like the first forty five minutes are basically like how Ed Helms' character is a pedophile, or like how uh, Ed Helms' character is a pedophile. Or, you know, th this is a list of things that Coffee and Kareem thinks is funny. Um, uh, racism. Uh, yes. Classism. Mm -hmm. Black people being stuck in the ghetto where the only living they can get by on is, uh, to go into professional crime. Um, pedophilia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police violence. Um, yeah, the, there's a lot of things that this movie thinks are pretty, pretty cool and funny. Yeah. And, and uh, none of them are. 
I think I chuckled a few times at the um the gangsters who were who were, who were chasing Coffee and Kareem, like that when they're specifically stopped at uh, Kareem's house, and uh, they they start talking outside of like just about themselves. I'm like, oh, that's some funny dialogue. Yeah, like uh, the one the one guy Rodney and uh, the other guy Orlando, Orlando, like they were fine. Yeah. Um, Taraji P Henson is lovely and a delight. Uh, she was fine in this. Like I actually liked quite a few of her bits in this. Yeah. Like whenever she whips the shit out of the guys. Uh, like the movie leads you to think that she got like shot or kidnapped or something but then it does like uh a flashback to her just like whipping these dudes asses yeah but and and like there there's just so much underdeveloped plot like uh i i do want to do a spoiler section cuz this is relatively fresh but like obviously we don't recommend watching this movie but i mean if you want to because there's literally nothing else uh, go ahead. So we'll 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 cut it here for spoilers really quick. Thank Let me you. just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. So Betty Gilpin is a corrupt cop, which I, I, I saw as soon as Choi was tied to the chair. I'm like, oh, but Betty Gilpin's the corrupt cop. She's going to be the bad guy in all of this. And, and yeah. lo and behold, she was. And I was like, cool, thanks, movie. And then the captain you was also what? a corrupt cop, which uh, I didn't see. Yeah, that I, was um, fine. I totally didn't recognize David Allen Greer as the police captain. Oh, fuck, that's David Allen Greer? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I didn't notice that it was him because they gave him exactly, like, two lines in the movie and fuck all to do. Yeah, he shows up at the beginning and then he shows up right before he gets shot. Like, what? Oh, man. Metacritic score, or the meta score of this uh, movie is 34. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what else this movie thought it was it was funny was uh, Betty Gilpin just sc- shouting things that made no sense because she was high on cocaine the whole movie. Yeah. In character and maybe in real life. This was supposed to be a white color Cosby show and you turned it into qu- goddamn quantum leap. Motherfucker, I am high on cocaine. You remember that skit? No. Keen Peel? No. Oh, it was uh No, I never really watched that show actually. Uh, this that was around oh, the time okay. that I stopped watching TV. That I, came out. I watched that skit on YouTube. It was uh, it's pretty good. It's just uh, look up Key and Peele Family Matters. Mm. It's just about uh, Reginald Val Johnson fucking bitching about Steve Urkel stealing his show. My um, my favorite Key, Key and Peele sketch is the one where they do the uh, the college pro, uh, like senior bowl thing. And it's like, all right, it's East meets West, and they just start doing ridiculous fucking names. And then they end the, the skit with a guy saying, uh, a white guy saying, Dan Smith, BYU. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's funny. Uh-huh. Um, let me think. Let me see what other notes I have. Uh, I fucking hate this movie. 
Unfunny, 90 <laughs> minutes of rape jokes. Got it. Okay, I nailed, I nailed every single piece. You know, uh, so, uh, For Your Reference podcast did a, a, a Netflix party thing with this. And uh, I feel bad for them. Because uh, they could have could have literally picked anything else on Netflix, and they they probably would have been fine. But instead, uh, they watched this movie. So uh, I, I'm I'm just gonna give my star rating one. This is the one. This is like the worst thing Netflix put out this year, bar none. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling pretty merciful today. I was gonna say uh, two, but that feels too high. It's give me in the middle, one and a half. Yeah, that's fine. One and a half, then. Fuck it. Oh, fuck it. It's a bad movie. Oh, fuck it. Let's put some, let's put some fucking jokes about him diddling the kid in there. <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's just such a tone deaf script. Like who, like who thinks that's funny anymore? Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, apparently, a, a majority of U.S. Netflix subscribers. I don't know. I think this is more like there's nothing else to watch. Like there's nothing else new to watch. Fuck it, we'll watch this show. We'll watch this hour and a half thing and then go on hating our lives in quarantine. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I didn't realize that Ashley drew a, a smiley face next to this episode. I have a I have the whiteboard set up behind me. I have coffee and cream plus John Carter and Ashley drew a smi- a an unhappy face. Next to that, so uh, <laughs> uh, that'll lead us into our next segment, uh, which we'll get to when we come back from a break. Uh, this is a cautionary tale of Netflix for John Carter. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons: Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast. Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about a cautionary tale of Netflix. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix, where Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. Uh, and you chose this movie because I chose the last one, so wh- why? Uh, we watched We watched Disney's John Carter from 2012. Uh, this is an action adventure sci fi big budget movie, um, real American movie, directed by Andrew Stanton, uh, written by the same and Mark Andrews. 
starring Taylor Kitsch, Lynn Collins, and Willem Dafoe uh, as the voice of an alien. Uh, this is a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb and is based on the Stories of Barsoom by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Um, so John Carter is like Tarzan's less successful cousin, I guess. Sure. Uh, I don't know. This, uh, like I had heard that this movie was a gigantic flop that like they really thought that this was going to be the start of like a major franchise for them mm -hmm. as the whole, uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean was winding down. Like they, they thought John Carter cinematic universe was just going to be a thing, sure. I guess. Yes. So they threw like tons and tons of money at it. $250 million. Um, correct. Uh, and fuck, what was the box office take on $283 this? $283 million. Okay. So it, it ended up losing money by the time they paid for advertising and everything. Yep. I don't know. John Carter is like I, I mentioned on the show, like when I picked it last week, like, John Carter is sort of like a landmark for the sci-fi genre. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I guess um, since Disney just owns the rights to the property, they're going to try to do a John Carter reboot series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, so I figured, sure. fuck it, now's the time. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know what it would do better than this movie if it's written like if you stretch this out over like a six episode season I don't know what exactly would be better I mean like the technology is better so like the aliens can look better yeah maybe you can get someone who's a better leaning man than Taylor Kitsch like this was around the time that they tried to make <laughs> Taylor Kitsch a thing yeah like I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't like Channing Tatum, or something, because well, no, this was, was like Jupiter's that ending. time period. Yeah, yeah. But like, so Taylor Kitsch and uh, what the hell was her name? The the female lead, Lynn Collins. Lynn Collins. Both of those uh, have the inauspicious uh, legacy of coming from X Men Origins Wolverine, as Taylor Kitsch was Gambit, and Lynn Collins. Was uh Kayla Silverfox, aka the, the the woman they tried to pass off as Native American. Well, they do in this too. Like they refer to, like, okay, so he's a fucking Civil War cavalryman who gets transported to Mars. Confederate Civil um, War ca cavalryman. Yeah. So, and he's tired of being a racist, uh, so he doesn't fit in. Um, and he feels bad about killing all the Indians. Uh, so, like, they refer to her as, like, a red woman, cause, like, the, like, Mars is split into different city states, and, like, they're all different, like, races of people. So there's, like, the four armed green aliens, and then there's, like, different varieties of humans. Yes. But, like, her city, they're, like, "Quote unquote Native American type people, so they like have her painted like 
a reddish tan hue yes. to, to like make her look sort of ethnic. Uh, and I believe this woman's British, so there's that. <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh no, Houston, Texas. They they so they shoved her with a a British accent for some reason. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Uh, I want to talk about Andrew Stanton, who uh, wrote and directed this. Oh, I wrote and directed it? Uh, so here's <laughs> here's his filmography. Weekend to Dead Cat Ladies 2. <laughs> uh, here's, here's what he's wrote in terms of screenplays. So let me know where you see the outlier. We have Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, Toy Story 3, John Carter, do, uh, Finding Dory, Toy Story 4. So this guy has mainly worked on animated movies. Yeah. And then there was like, here, take this $250 million big budget movie we have and make it a franchise. <sighs> Fuck, that's so frustrating because the guy can write. Yes. Because he wrote the fucking original story to Wally. And as I mentioned earlier in this very episode, Wally is very good. Yeah. So like I, I don't know. I think I think this guy just got handed too much, and I'm glad Disney was like, "Hey, don't worry about it, bud. Shit happens," and just let him continue work on Pixar shit, which like cool. But like, I I, I don't know how you spend 250 million dollars on this movie, uh, and, and have it starring Taylor Kitsch. Like, Taylor Kitsch is whatever. Like, he's fine. But, like, he doesn't have that leading man charisma that you need to make a big blockbuster movie work. So, for some reason, they just decided, ah, f fuck it. He's he's good enough. Who cares? And, and, and like, they churned out a very middle-of-the-road movie. Like, $283 million you should, be, you should be proud of. Like, this should probably be, like, a $100 million budget. And, honestly, the show is probably going to be about $100 million. To create yeah. a season four. And maybe that's because of, like, the technology or whatever. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, this this was just, a, like, a very run-of-the-mill, big-budget movie that had no charm, uh, but was trying to. You know to. what it reminded me of a lot was uh, the Jason Momoa Conan the Barbarian movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like that movie had had some charm. I mean, it had mostly Jason Momoa going for it, but it was like yeah. weaker in every Which other I facet. I don't dislike that movie, right? But... Like that movie's whatever, but like it's weaker. In, I th I feel like it's weaker in terms of writing and such. Like the other problem with this movie is that it's just like a bunch of nonsense words all strung together, and you're like they're considered proper names, so you're required to learn like these nonsense words with proper names. In yeah. order to identify anything, yeah, I, like I don't know what the bad guy's name was in this. Dominic West. That was it. This is how I knew him. Dominic West. Yeah, yeah. The this has uh, <laughs> Lynn Collins as Deja Thoris, uh, Willem Dafoe as Tars Tarkas, Thomas Hayden Church as Tal Hadges. Mark Strong as Matai Shang, uh, Ciaran Hines as Tardos Moors, 
Dominic West as Sab Than, James Purefoy as Cantos Can, uh, Blip Blop Gloop Glop as Slip Dong Shing Bong. Uh, <laughs> And, the, and don't forget, <laughs> they even give John Carter a ridiculous name for no reason. It's like Dotar yeah. something, Dotar Sebthat or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, welcome to Mars. Here's your stupid name. It, like, like, and I get like, you know, like it was cool hearing like the planet names, like hear, hearing Mars and being like, oh, no, uh, this is uh, Barsoom. And I'm like, OK, OK, like that makes uh. sense. Like you have different names for the planets. Makes perfect sense. But then it's like nonsense words. Like we we talk about Ashley and I talk about it a lot in like our uh, our our Star Wars discussion, but like the reason why the pre a, a big reason why the prequels are just like a bunch of nonsense is like all the characters have nonsense names. Yeah, it just turns into like noun salad. And the original Star Wars trilogy, its three main characters are Luke, Leia, and Han, all very easy names to say yeah. and remember. Yeah. Um. I don't know it like on the subject of like classic science fiction works being adapted to movies like I'm surprised that nobody's tried to adapt Jack Vance's Tales of the Dying Earth yet hmm I don't, like, I, yeah, I'm not aware of this it's uh I don't know it's it's big with nerds like that was uh Gary Gygax was a big fan of those stories, and that's what he based the magic system on in uh, the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons. But, uh, like, I'm surprised nobody's tried to fuck that pig yet, but, like, also, there's no possible way that that could translate to film, I feel sure. like. Eh. So, and, like, I'm surprised that they fucking tried with John Carter. Well. And they clearly left it open for a sequel, which, like, I, I, I get it. Like, he goes back to Mars, and, like, apparently, we don't know how much time passed between, like, him coming, going to Mars, and then him coming back. Like, I, I don't understand what the time ta table was there. Cause, like, ten years. Oh, was it ten years? Because, like, by the time he got back, fucking Brian Cranston was uh, skeletalized. And yeah. and uh, he was very stiff. Uh, I'm surprised his muscles didn't atrophy into nothing, but whatever. Uh, and then he goes back to Mars. So, like, is this going to be, like, a Prince Caspian thing? Where, like, uh, he goes back to Mars and it's, like, a hundred years later and, like, his, lo his love is dying or whatever. So, like, he has to go on another adventure. Like, or, like, is there another war em embroiled, like happening on mars right now or like what's going on on mars yeah. like there's some interesting there was some interesting stuff at the end but like obviously the movie didn't do well uh for a oh multi-factor reason god go ahead i just realized this by looking at the imdb page uh the cast list uh -huh. so john carter's nephew uh who is a character in the movie for a, a short while. Yes. Um, that character's name is Edgar Rice Burroughs. So they fucking put the author of the stories in the movie as a character. Wait, what? For like, for like, oh, this is why the stories exist because John Carter was his real uncle. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. 
All right, let me read my notebook to figure out what else I missed. Uh, or actually, just read my notes. Uh, why would you use the two least interesting actors from X-Men Origins Wolverine? Forgettable. $250 million, huh? And those are my notes on John Carter. <laughs> Cheeky. I like it. Um, Yeah, I'm ready to be done with this. What would you rate John Carter? Uh, John Carter in and of itself is a fascinating look into what Disney was trying to do before they understood what they truly, truly had with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in an attempt to make another franchise, they uh, went out and spent way too much money uh, and gave the reins to a guy who probably wasn't ready for a live action movie of this kind of scale. Yeah, because this was uh, this was the same year as the Avengers. Yeah. Like, like Iron Man did well, Thor did well, uh, Captain America did well. So like Avengers, but Avengers is where like I think like the whole thing truly kicked into like cultural moment. Yes. So like whenever that hit, they were like, uh, "Fuck it, we don't need Pirates of the Caribbean. We have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's fine." Um, uh, this movie is bad. Like let's let's no make no mistake, they they made a lot of bad casting errors. Uh, as well as, you know, giving a director who wasn't ready for this, the, the, you know, basically full reign of it. So, uh, I, I'm giving it a one and a half. It is better than coffee and cream because like, there is some interesting things going on here, uh, as opposed to coffee and cream, which had nothing interesting going for it at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's. <sighs> It's not unwatchable, and no. uh, like at times, it's it's perfectly entertaining. Um, it overstays its welcome, and uh, it missed the mark by a long shot of what they were going for. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two and a half actually. Sure. Like it's it's an interesting look into what might have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Disney um, might be in a whole different direction if this actually was a, su a successful movie. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know, the the things that really crippled it were just like, the CGI just wasn't really there. Nope, um, wasn't ready For the yet. amount of money they spent on it, uh, just a lack of star power, and just a lack of connection to the source material, like, th they made this and, like, John Carter hadn't been something that was in the public consciousness for, like, 70 years. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like you said, like, okay, I hate to keep harping on him because it's not his fault, but, like, Taylor Kitsch is not the guy you want in front of your $250 million franchise. Yeah. Like, you build up to that. Like, if you want to make him, like, if you said the first John Carter movie was, like, $100 million and put Taylor Kitsch in front of that, I, I think you would have had an easier time convincing people to go to the cinema. As opposed to, you know, this grandiose thing that they were clearly trying to do something more with. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Dan, it's time to start wrapping up the show. Uh, next week, we're going to be watching and reviewing Tiger Tail, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I only learned about this like two weeks ago, but it's uh, probably my most anticipated movie from Netflix. I hope... Like, it gets put in theaters at some point. I don't know how that would happen, but, uh, I mean, if it's good, I assume Netflix will try to push it as, like, you know, a potential Oscar contender or something. 
I don't know. Yeah. And uh, on the back of that, we're going to be doing a patron review for Batman Begins because it's the somethingth anniversary of that movie. The 10th. No, 15th. 15th. Because this came out, it yeah. came out in 2005. That's right. Uh, it's no, no longer on Netflix, but it was at the time that uh, Nick gave this to us. But you yeah, have the DVD. And we both own the DVD. Yeah, we both have the DVD, so fuck it. We're, we're going to do it anyway. We don't care. Fuck it. Put some Batman over there. Um. Quick. This this fucking show, it's just, it's just George Lucas impressions and two brothers in a van. Yeah. Well, I mean, Julio, Julio commented on the, uh, the last Jedi review Ashley and I did. And she's, and he's like, so, uh, my biggest fear was that Ashley wouldn't like the last Jedi, but what it really is, is that I'm going to miss the, the George Lucas impression as soon as you're done with this series. <laughs> <laughs> so you know people like it people seem to like our terrible our terrible george lucas impressions i had fun with it oh fuck it i'd listen to your review 20 more star wars movies i'm sure that series will come back whenever the next star wars movie comes out in 2023 i guess at this point because everything's getting pushed back all right well uh Tell them, tell them stuff, Dan. Where can you find the show? Uh, Netflixandswill.com. That leads us to uh, our social medias at Netflix and Swill. Pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, in lieu of asking for iTunes and Apple Podcast reviews, uh, I'm going to send you guys over to Podchaser. Uh, they're doing uh, hashtag reviews for good. So over the next 15 days, which uh, this was originally on April 2nd. So over the next like 10 days. Uh, they're donating 25 cents to Meals on Wheels America for every podcast or episode review on Podchaser. So go over there, review our show, review other shows, just like make Podchaser, give a bunch of money to Meals on Wheels for the COVID-19 response stuff. Uh, and you know, support, uh, support your podcast, but also support a great cause. And I'll have the links to that in the, the show notes. So, yeah. You uh, you went and bought fucking fifty years worth of toilet paper. You have the money to help people who are down on their luck. Oh no, they're not donating it. It's just, <laughs> it's just give take three seconds to write a review for a podcast. Yeah, just just do that. All right. Well, until next week, I guess. This is Caleb saying, uh, "I'm sorry, I made you watch John Carter." <laughs> Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family. <laughs>